Welcome, Lacey Nelson here, your host of the Manage Like a Leader podcast and the Facebook group Transcend, the go-to place for all things leadership, management, and HR you need to run your gym. If you're an owner ready to level up your leadership and your team's performance, if you want to attract the best, to develop the strongest teams, and to keep them the longest, to rise above your competition, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello. Today, we are talking about creating great interview questions and how to structure an interview to get the most out of this opportunity you have to bring somebody new onto your team. This is a critically important step in building your organization is getting the right people to become part of your team. And as important as it is, if I told you that most business owners I work with actually do not prepare for interviews well, would you believe me? Well, it is true. They don't. There's quite a few reasons I think that happens. One of them is people are often so taxed by the time they're ready to make a new hire that they are just completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day, running around, putting out fires, that they do not make the time to sit down and prepare for the interview and figure they can just get a good feel for the person when they walk through the door. Another reason that sometimes I think people don't take it as seriously as they probably should, definitely should, is because... They feel almost a little bit sheepish about having a formal interview process because it's something they haven't done before and they're like, well, this is a part-time position. I don't know if it's really that serious or I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Okay, guys, you've got to make a big deal out of this. You should not feel sheepish about having a proper process in place to interview people to get the best fit for this position you're making a decision that's going to massively impact your sanity, your bottom line, and your team dynamics. And when I say impact your bottom line, I'm not exaggerating. It is very expensive to have a hire that is not a great fit or even worse, toxic. The interview process isn't fireproof, guys. Nothing is. But if you have, if you don't have one at all, it's like, well, I don't really need a smoke alarm, right? You know, that logic doesn't really fly. What... You need, you need to have it in place because it can cost you one and a half to five times the pay and benefits that you would have paid this person to do it wrong. Um, and also, let's talk about morale and team dynamics. If you've got a, a revolving door of employees, that is exhausting for them. It impacts them as much as it impacts you when it comes to the, the effect on the dynamic. And finally, avoiding toxic hires. A toxic hire is something different than a bad fit, and you can get some definite heads up in the interviewing process when you prepare well if there's some things that should give you some pause. So how do we do this right? If it's so important, how do we do it right? Well, let's first talk about some steps you need to take before you sit down to write those questions. First, you need to identify your top five criteria for the hire. So even if you've hired for this position before, what you're looking for in this hire might be something different than you looked for the hire the previous time. So you want a fresh slate every time with your top five criteria. Are you looking for a certain certification that you want to bring onto the team? Are you looking for a level of experience? 
is this person, are you willing to take someone on that's fairly green or do you need somebody that's much more experienced for this hire? Do you need someone who presents themselves, carries themselves with a, a certain personality type that's going to round out the dynamics of your team? Think those things through and figure out what your top five criteria are for the hire. You also want to get your team on board. You want to let them know that this hire is happening. You want to reassure them that yes, this is going to change the dynamics of the team. Don't pretend it's not going to, but this is going to, if we do this right, guys, it's going to make it a better team, a stronger team. We're going to, we're growing. This is an exciting time. Your framing is setting the tone for them to approach this as an opportunity to build the team, bring somebody in and have it be a positive thing. And the other thing that you can do to get their buy-in is you can bring them in to be part of the interview development process. So you can run your questions by them. You can ask them what kind of questions, interview questions they think would be important. What are the things they want to know? Just make sure that you're very clear about how much hiring authority they're actually going to have. If this is not going to be a democratic decision, which most of the time I don't think it should be, you need to let them know right up front that you definitely care about their input However, the final hiring decision is going to come down to you. Make sure that they know that. You also want to determine who is going to be part of the interview process itself. So if you're going to bring people in and have um, a coach or an additional coach, or if this is going to be someone else's direct report, that person should be involved in the interview process, you need to figure out who's going to be in the actual interviews themselves so you can set your interview schedule and stick to the same crew for every interview. They need to do them all or they need to do none of them. It becomes a very convoluted process that really muddies the waters if you don't have the same people involved in every single interview. And side note, there shouldn't be more than three people that are on that interview panel, including yourself, because you start to uh, really lose the returns on that when it gets bigger than a panel of three. Side note there. Also, you want to pick a time a, and a day and a location where you're not going to be interrupted. So you you need to be committed everyone is who's in the process to sitting through about a 32 minute interview to up to an hour with zero interruptions where that person is going to be the sole focus of what's happening and there's going to be a good flow to the interview and uh, you're not jumping up to deal with front desk or a member issue or something like that so now you're ready to write your questions get in the right headspace Remember that you are hiring for someone to deliver an outcome. You're not simply hiring a person that has an ability to do tasks. You need to clearly articulate what this outcome is that you're looking for in writing. You need someone, for example, you don't just need a coach to come in. For Let's pretend we're hiring for a coach. You don't just need a coach to come in who can you know, show up on time, run the class through the, the, the exercise, give some cues, run them through the wad, make sure everybody knows what they're doing and end on time. I mean, that's the bare minimum, right? What's the outcome though? What are you really looking for? You're looking for someone who can run the floor with a style that makes people want to come back. You're looking for someone who has the grit to hit their KPIs. You're looking for someone 
if you're looking, let's say you want someone to write individual design, you're going to need a really independent, driven trainer who takes initiative and ownership of opportunities to build PT relationships. They need to be, they need to possess the, the ability to produce the outcome, not just have the, the capability to write the best program design in the world. You know, if they're not able to connect and build relationships, that's not going to do them a tremendous amount of good, nor you. So again, get in the right headspace about being very clear about the outcome you're looking for when you go in to write those questions. Now, you also want to treat your future employee as an intelligent person. Don't be afraid to write challenging questions, but make sure that you can answer them. So you don't want to write a question that's so obscure that and out there that you can't answer it. And again, um, it's also great to run it by, uh, run a few of your questions by your current coaches and see what they have to say and if they're clear to them. And also, uh, when you have all your questions written out, pause, flip the script, sit on the other side of the table, and sincerely go through and think through if you could produce an answer to each of those questions as a check for yourself. And then finally, when you're finally ready to like organize this interview, how do I ask the questions? What's the right order? I'm going to share with you the matrix and the order that I use for myself when I am doing interviews. And I have, uh, for multiple, in multiple industries, um, I have interviewed and hired, hired over a hundred people interviewed literally, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, well into like well into the the upper hundreds of interviews by the time um, I get through my my adding up there. So I've done this a lot of times. I've done it poorly. It took me a while to figure out how to do it well. And I'm going to share my personal strategy for organizing an interview. And I will put my matrix I use, the actual piece of paper that I take with me into the interview. I'll put it in the Transcend group on Facebook. You guys are welcome to join that group and go grab that matrix. I will put it in there and uh, you can have an actual visual for what I'm about to walk us through. So let's break it down. How do I organize an interview? Well, the first thing that I do is I come up with the key areas that I want to explore And then within those key areas, I come up with three to five questions. So for for interviewing a coach, of course, I'm keeping the five criteria in mind, but I do not organize it by those. So how I organize it is first, I want to figure out what people's general interest is in the position. I want to figure, it's the welcome. It's the first, you know, the the first 10 minutes of the interview max is where you're finding finding out what do they know about this position? Is it a good fit for them? And then into their long-term goals. And then this one's really important. Did they do their homework about your gym? If they did not look up and put in a significant amount of research and can't answer some basic questions about who you are, how you approach training, then uh, that's going to tell you a lot. The second piece of the matrix, the second section, is previous experience leading people, training groups, individuals. This is where I try to get a handle on where, what has their experience been previous to this and how is that experience relevant to what I, the outcomes that I'm looking for. Then I move into section 
C or the third section, interpersonal skills with the team, the boss, and members. Here's where I really try to figure out what's their interpersonal skills, what where's their EQ, I ask. A lot of behavior-based questions in this section. Then finally, I go to the capacity to organize, plan, and implement strategy. What is this person's capacity for those things and how uh, I'm going to ask questions that try to get at that. And then finally, I have a very small section with reminders to myself to close the interview well, ask, give them the space to ask questions, tell them what's happening next. So in each of these sections, I use a mix of a different styles of question. And the styles of questions that I use are a mix of self-appraisal and accomplishment questions. This is where I try to draw out of them their assessment of themselves. So if they just got done telling me about a great uh, experience they had with a member or some programming that they were really proud of, I'm going to ask them, uh, why do you think that you were so successful? And I'm see what they have to say. And then there's also broad brush questions. These are questions that really force the person to take a really big topic and turn it into an organized response that is also going to to uh, push to the top, float to the top, what they think is most important about the topic. For example, if I were to ask someone, tell me about your experience running the floor. There are, what, 500 ways they can answer that. I'm listening for how are they going to organize their answer and what's important to them. Are they thinking about logistics first? Are they thinking about relationally connecting to people? Is that what is that what is rising to the top? Are they concerned about uh, how many reps people are doing if they're counting right? Are they really focused in on giving cues to, to every person? Are they safety? You get the picture, guys. I could go on, but... That's what I am going to be listening to is how they organize that answer and what's important to them with those broad brush questions. And then there's also comparison questions. And this is when you have the opportunity to reveal a candidate's reasoning and analytical abilities. And depending on what you're looking for, these are going to be formulated differently. So if you're looking for a really skilled trainer to be able to write individual design, or maybe you're looking for a head coach to be in charge of programming, you might set up several scenarios and ask them to compare and contrast those. You might give them um, one, one case study, three different options, and ask them to pick which option they would choose and then tell you why. So those are just some some examples of how you can use comparison questions. And then behavior-based questions. The best way to get insight into someone's past responses, or the best way to get insight, I'm sorry, the best way to get insight into someone's future behavior is looking at how they behaved in the past in a similar situation. And that is behavior-based questions. The best way to get insight into how they're going to respond in the future is looking at what they did in the past in situations. And this is a great chance to really, really tap that um, EQ to figure out how their interpersonal skills are. And I'm going to give some examples of those here in a minute. So if we go back up to that matrix and talk about the general interest in the position, how it fits into their goals, a few different styles of questions you're going to hear mixed in here, but I ask often, uh, why did you apply for this job? It's 
going to give you some great thought there. Also, imagine I'm someone looking for a gym. Why should I pick this one? They should knock this one out of the park if they did their homework. They should tell you exactly what you want to hear. They should be able to spit back your core values, your training philosophy, everything you're about if you have made it available, which it should be somewhere on your website. They should be able to spit this back to you. And what about the position is most exciting to you? How about most challenging? So there's some ideas for that opening segment. The next segment, the previous experience, a mix of questions I use in here is uh, give, tell me about a client that you were not prepared for, for whatever reason. Maybe the handoff wasn't so smooth, but you had someone standing in front of you that you didn't have much background on you're, and they're there for a session. What did you do? It's going to give you some insight to how to think on their feet, um, how quickly they can even retrieve the story, how do they perform under pressure. Uh, and then this is also a great section where you can set up uh, a few comparison questions. Um, also could drop that down in the capacity to organize. The next section is the interpersonal skills with the team, with the boss, with the members. This is my personal favorite section because I love human behavior. It fascinates me. And this is where you can get some really juicy questions, a lot of behavior-based ones. Throw some out there for you. Solid examples of behavior-based questions. Tell me about a time you disagreed with your boss about a decision that they made. Let them talk. Pause for a minute. And then if they don't give you this answer in, in their response, how did it resolve? Guys, you're going to be amazed at what people disclose in this. Some people are going to very ta have a lot of diplomacy and ve will very tactfully answer this question. Other people are going to tear down their past boss. Other people are going to um, give you some flags in their response in that they may be someone who undermines when they don't agree. Uh, great one to throw in there. Tell me about relationships that you've had with the people that you've worked with. What did the best ones feel like? What were they like? Let them answer. You're going to see the kind of teammate they are, the kind of teammate they want to be, the people they enjoy working with. And then follow it up with, how about the worst relationships? What were those like? Again, extremely revealing. And then under that capacity to organize, plan, and implement strategy, that's again where you're going to have a great opportunity to drop some really specific comparison questions in there if you'd like to do that. Um, you also can ask, you can stack a couple styles of questions to see if they're going to give you a consistent answer. So you could say, tell me about a time you had to strategically improve a client's morale and enthusiasm for their fitness journey. Okay, see what they have to say, maybe ask another question or two, and then f come back around with, imagine that you had a client who has repeatedly ignored your advice. How would you approach this situation? That answer should be congruent with the answer that they gave for tell me about a time you had to strategically improve a client's morale and, and enthusiasm for their fitness journey. It's going to see let you see if they have some consistency um, and if they're really speaking from a place of authenticity. If it's consistent, it's a good sign that they are or if they're just trying to give you the answer that they think that you want to hear in that moment. And then finally, guys, I really hit on that close Make sure that you give them some room to answer questions in the closing. Let, please ask, you know, what questions do you have for us? And they should have a couple questions at least. 
You also want to let them know what the next steps are. Uh, if there's, if you're going to have second interviews, when they are going to hear from you, and uh, be follow up on this. Do what you say you're going to do. Make sure, if, even if they're not being considered, that you let any further um, that you let them know by the deadline you said you were going to let them know. And then uh, the thing with with second interviews um, that really struck me as I was struck putting this together, I was. I realized that a lot of people feel like the formality of this process feels a little bit weird and they hear the stories of people just going out to dinner and having a conversation and picking their person that they're going to hire or or just very informal setting and not going through the formality of like the screening of these questions asked in the same order, you know, back to back with, with people. This often, guys, when you're hearing about those higher level interviews, that's when the people have already gone through the screening process. This screening process happens in almost every organization. The bigger your organization is and the higher people are to the top, other people are doing this stuff. They're doing this first round interviews, they're calling the herd, they're getting the best and they're presenting the cream of the crop to the executives that are gonna make those final decisions. Most likely you are the executive and you're also the person that's leading the process from the beginning. Um, This is happening, don't think that it's not. The second interviews, which I could do an episode on that if you guys are interested, but those second interviews are where you can take your top two or three candidates and uh, it certainly doesn't have to have this level of formality. Things don't have to be the same, but you have to get to who those top people are first. And this first step is really important to getting to the point where you then can know, okay, now I really want to dig in and find out who these people are on a deeper level. So... Finally, make sure that you get references and absolutely check those references. Critical to do that. You want to have at least three references for people. Five is great because not everybody's going to get back to you right away. I hope you guys found this helpful. I would love to answer any follow-up questions you have. If you want to jump on Facebook and join that Transcend group. I would be thrilled to talk about this more. Join me, join a bunch of gym owners in that group talking about leadership and management and how to do these things in a way that attracts and retains the top talent. And make time to do this right. Make time to do the interview process right. You got it in you, it's a great practice. I'm encouraged to see and hear about the results you get from this. Until next time, manage like a leader.